Tonight we'll take some testimonies and then we'll answer some questions that we have and have use, use that um, to have discussion on those questions. So it's not just a road answer, but want to get your discussion on some of the questions that we have. All right, let's start off with some testimony time. Anybody going to start off with testimony, with a testimony? like to praise the Lord for all of those who were praying for um, me and my family during the time of my loss of my brother but um, as even though those were um, sad times because I wasn't you know we recognized we won't ever see each other again not in this life and um, I could see God just working so just just to kind of like it would, be, it would be like a father to his child because I could see the Lord just lifting my spirits in one way or another one thing was um, after he died, of course, we had to clean out his apartment, and he lived there for 19 years. And so uh, I'll let that speak for itself. But at any rate, um, the guy who we we had hired a guy to do some um, hauling, um, one eight hundred junk or whatever it's called. So they came out and they told us seventeen hundred and forty-seven dollars to do the work, and we were like, no, that's not going to work. And so then um, a lady, one of the uh, a lady who um, was a friend of my brother's friend said I know somebody and the guy came he said um, he said and you he said he said I'm really sorry for you to have lost your brother he said I'll do it for $250 so we were taking some things out of his apartment building out of his apartment another way the Lord works or has things to work the garbage people were coming down and I don't know if you know about city of Milwaukee garbage people they don't want to do it not and I think the Mac or anything but they don't want to do any extra work and so we said would you take all this stuff take some of this stuff we know you can't take all of it he said and he I said because my brother just died and we need to get this apartment cleaned out he said as much as you can get pull up to the curb I'm gonna take it he came back and then he young man two of them actually they went back in the yard which you know they never do and went in the yard and took all that stuff out and, and hauled it away for for nothing for so emotional work was you know was done um, but the physical work was a lot and the Lord saw fit to just bless and to um, tell me that he still was Lord and he still was King. And I praise the Lord for all your prayers and for all my um, um, nieces who called every single day. One of them sent me something, and I just praise the Lord for that. So I just thank the Lord for all that. God, for that testimony, who's going to be next? Go right ahead. I just want to thank God for all his many blessings. I just think about, I was thinking, listening to Mickey talk, and I was thinking about how God just do stuff, and we don't know what's in his hand <coughs> or what to do, and we be praying about it. And if we just be patient and just wait, God always work things out. Uh, like y'all know, I had my truck ever since I've been a member here. <laughs> oh, what, 11 years or something, 11 to 15 years. I don't know. I got it when I first uh, uh, came here but anyway it was getting start to drive bad and I didn't know what it was and I know I didn't have the money to fix it and so I just kept on praying about should I get another one and but it was so easy you know so nice and not have no note so I just kept, kept on trying to push it push it push it and so I just said okay I'm gonna pray about it and if I go to the dealer if it works out then it's meant to be and if it don't then it won't <laughs> 
But I think uh, they was all the dealers was giving cars away because <laughs> the time like they see me coming, and the minute I got there, and they was like, "Oh, we'll put you in the car. We'll put you in the car." I said, "Okay." My credit score is only 550 something, I think. They said, that's all right, that's all right. I said, and I don't want to pay a down payment. You don't have to, you don't have to. I said, and I'm not have, trading my car in. <laughs> they were like, we don't need no trading. We put you in one, which one you want? <laughs> so they just was bringing this, pulling cars around and have me drive it. I drive it down and come back and drive it. They was all cars to me, I didn't care. So I, I ended up picking out a small one cause I, I wanted a big one, but we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but I got a small one. And uh, so the, I had it for like a week, and uh, I gave my car to my son, and everybody said, you know, you spoil your kids too much. You should at least sell it to them. So I said, okay, I sell it. I sell it mine for 500 And they were like, you might as well gave it to them for 500 And then he called me a week later. I had my car for eight days. And he called me and said, Mama, something wrong with the motor. I wanted to say, why are you calling me? <laughs> but I said, well, you know we got AAA. I gave you a car, too, so just call and have it towed to the shop and see what they say. And the man said, well, you know what? We charged $100 just to look at it. I said, okay, look at it. Tell me what's wrong. And then I was going to decide if it's like five or 800 then we'll keep it. But if it's more than that, then, you know, we wouldn't. So uh, they were saying it sound like, his friend said it sound like the motor. So maybe the lifters in it or something, they'd run you from three to $500. And then he started asking me, could you lend me $500 to fix it? And so, so the man called me back and he said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Hunter, um, that motor is gone. You know, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, you did it again. I got me a car, and I didn't have to be bothered with my son begging for me to fix it, you know. So God just works things out. He always just works things out for me, and I just want to thank him for that. Right. We got two hands for mics here. We'll take those. And after, is there one more? We'll take them before we start our questions. So you can raise a hand and ask for a mic while they're giving their testimony. I just want to um, thank everybody who prayed for my brother, you know, after his bike accident. We visited him today, and what a difference. I mean, God is so good. From what he was, the day he came in, he had surgery on his intestines. He had surgery on his back. He broke his kneecap. He has two fingers broken. Um, they had to reset his nose. <laughs> Um, if you just see him today compared to what he was when he first came in, it was horrible. I mean, he, the skin on his face was gone on one side. He had a big lump on his head because he had bleeding on the brain also. But I never had a doubt that God was going to spare him, and he did. And just to hear him talk today, he really doesn't remember it. They have not... They couldn't even find his shoes. They haven't found his shoes yet. Uh, someone did find his um, phone, I guess. But just to see him today compared to what he was, he said he's, you know, they got him like starting to walk up and down steps, maybe four or five steps and then down. And um, he said he's just tired of laying around because he's not 
that kind of person. He's very active, and he's ready to get out of there. And uh, he's talking about next week, and his wife said, oh, yeah, we're trying to get out of here next week. But he's doing very well, and he's still got a lot of rehab to do. But I just want to thank everybody who, you know, prayed for him because he's come such a long way. Most of all, I thank God. <coughs> I'd like to give praise on my wife tonight. You know, she stood up, she had a testimony last time about uh, how she likes to go ahead of the Lord and, and do things, but we had a trying month last month, and uh, and we had, you know, the car accident and, and just a bunch of things was going on, and, it, and I've seen her grow through all this, and uh, I just praise the Lord that, you know, she's she's getting, I don't know if she's getting like me or, or what, <laughs> but I know that... <laughs> So, uh, you know, she's learning to wait, wait on the Lord. And, uh, and when you ask for prayer, sometimes you don't know what you ask for, you know. And uh, the Lord is making it so that uh, we have to wait on him on everything because we've been waiting for our car for over a month now. And, uh, and they, we finally found out that we won't get it until the 24th. So, uh, you know, she's been doing on the phone with uh, people and uh the rental car people and uh, insurance people and and they uh, you know just uh, a bunch of things that she's been doing and uh, and the Lord's been blessing you know through that and we see that uh, things are going to work out okay and I just like to give praise for my wife for that. You know, you put hot and cold together, they they, they tend to balance each other. God knows what he's doing, doesn't he, when he, when he puts us together. Michelle, you have the last testimony. Um, I just want to thank God for another year of marriage. Um, Jeremy and I celebrated 13 years this year. And um, we were just talking about how when people ask you how long you've been married, you're like 13, they kind of like look in their mind like, how old are you? And they're trying to do the math. And then they're like, oh, when we celebrate our 10, and they're, you know, older than us, and it's... um such a blessing and I just thank God for bringing us through and just the testimony that we have in our families um, and the parents that we have that encourage us in our marriage because um, not a lot of people have that and I think that is such a huge blessing and it's helped us um, just see the hard work that sometimes marriage takes but also the victories you get to celebrate together and seeing what that brings about um, and seeing my parents now going through just different health issues and retirement and how much joy they still find in marriage and how much joy you guys find in marriage. It's just an encouragement to us and just thanking God for those 13 years. Um, by today's standards, that's eternity. So <laughs> I just thank God for that and not tired of them yet. So also thankful for that. Each of our testimonies, and I could comment on each one, but I'll, I'll resist that urge. <laughs> I look over the faces and I see such a blessing uh, to me. I have a testimony and I just wanted to share that with you. I'm not going to play my trumpet, but I thank God for my trumpet. This is a new trumpet, not brand new, but new to me. Just purchased this and um, it's a blessing to, uh, this, is, this is my first purchase trumpet. The other trumpet that I had, the, all the other trumpets that I had were given to me, um, and I was thankful for them, 
they had spent some time like in the back of somebody's closet who had stopped playing a horn or whatever and uh, didn't know really what their history was, but I was able to, to buy that. And I'm thankful for the way that I was able to purchase it. Many of you gave me gifts for my birthday. I saved every single penny of those gifts. I didn't use any gift uh, on anything apart from that special purchase. So <laughs> I set it all aside. In fact, when I had a birthday, I had no idea. I, I've been dreaming about buying a trumpet for over three years now. I had no idea that I would get it this year at all. And uh, so we had a birthday, and I, I was just overwhelmed. And I said, Donna said, now that's your trumpet fund. And, <laughs> and I know that, that Brian had a little scheme going to try to, <laughs> to, try to, get, to, try to put it towards one. And I said, hey, this is a great opportunity. Uh, let's set this aside. And it, it, was, it was such a blessing that the Lord enabled us to, to add a little bit to it and to, to, uh, to go and get it. Even when I shopped for it, it was just a, a blessing in terms of it being right there. Normally you go to um, almost like specialty brass places to, to buy an instrument like that. Um, and I had shopped in all those places. And, and I went to um, uh, a little music shop called Merry-Go-Round. And uh, it's where we had bought a drum set for the church years ago. Um, and I, I found three trumpets there, and they were in that range that I was looking for, and I uh, played them and tried them out and, and a was able to get one of those, and uh, I got the best of the bunch. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was the one that, that, that I wanted all along, so praise God for that. Um, so every time you see it, I want you to know that you were a part of uh, making that dream come true, and I really appreciate uh, so many of you um, that, that gave to that. It's, it's just a blessing. It, it is one of those uh, dreams come true. That's what I said, you know. This is a good trumpet. You won't hear any wrong notes come out of it. <laughs> it's, it's guaranteed. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> if my lips were guaranteed, that, that would work. <laughs> All right. I want to take on some questions that I that I have written here. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Another blessing. This has been a trying week um, because of the uh, well, because of what happened last week with the with the theft to our church. You know that just disturbs you in so many different ways that someone would be a part of our wonderful fellowship and then come in for that purpose and, and, and go out because of that. No matter who it happens to, it's just something that you, I can't believe that happened in our midst. Uh, and it did, it, it affected us um, greatly. But um, uh, we, we, um, we vowed to, um, to pay that, to, to not let the church suffer from uh, the money that was taken. That money was all set aside for our offering um, and we didn't want the church to miss that. And so I've been doing some extra things, extra work to, to, to bring that back. And just at the moment, I decided to do some extra things. Uh, just, just had this, the same code, I think, that everybody else has. And it just, 
it tries to floor you. And I told Donna, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to just uh, fight through it. And so I've been fighting through it all week, <coughs> still fighting through it. But I think the, the worst of it is over. So I praise God for that. He's been sufficient. He's been blessing, uh, giving us the opportunity to do that and giving me the strength to, to, uh, to do what he's allowed me to do. So I praise God for that. Um, these questions are not necessarily personal. So don't look around seeing somebody that fits this position. But they are questions that, are, um, that we would deal with as, as believers in a church, okay, one way or another. So here's the first question. My cousin is gay. Can you be gay and still be a good Christian? He seems like a good person who loves his partner. I don't see why his relationship is not accepted by the church when God, when God accepted David, who had multiple wives. Isn't that a sexual sin as well? Why can't we love and accept Christians from the LGBT movement? Okay, my answer to this is God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. You cannot have a mix of what, what the... Uh, what society wants to say is you can be a Christian and you can accept society's principles and, 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 and all the things. They don't want to talk about sin. When we talk about sin, as the Bible talks about it, there is no sin that is acceptable before God that he sweeps under the rug. None. Now, our problem is we tend to highlight different sins and diminish others. God doesn't do that in the sense of sin is against his purpose, his person, his will. Um, there are levels of sin. I understand that. There, there are some things that are worse than others. There are some things that will bring worse judgment than others. I understand that. I can't always tell you what the levels are, but I do understand that, that, that there are, are levels. However, we always must resist accepting of anything that God has clearly stated to be sin. There are all types of sexual sins the Bible makes clear. And I think in a society, what we try to do is say, well, in, in fact, I, even, I heard it in, in, a, in a wedding yesterday. It wasn't said explicitly, but I'm always careful. Don't just say two people who love each other, because that's not God's purpose, two people who love each other. It's not love if you're not going in God's principle. Husband to wife, man to woman, male, female, is what God has clearly dis distinguished as those who are eligible for marriage and um, honor God in, in such a way. So this whole uh, gay, LGBT, L, what is it, LGBT, this whole bunch of other alphabets on there now that keep adding to it, um, is an affront to God. It is. It is. It is wickedness, it is sin, it is, it is gross wickedness. Um, now I can say that, and I will say that, and yet say that we do not um, go after people, we do not hate 
people. We do not belittle people, um, even sinners who are involved in this. And as the Bible says, such were some of you. First Corinthians um, talks about that. And so the idea of just, I'm saying all this because it says, isn't a sexual sin as well? Why can't we love and accept Christians from the LGBT movement? I don't believe there are Christians from the LGBT movement. LGBT says you can live this lifestyle and be in agreement with God. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. Can you be, can you agree with that lifestyle even though you don't practice it? Can you agree with that lifestyle and be in agreement with God? Clearly, you cannot. There, there's no, there's even no argument for that. I have little patience with those who think there is. <coughs> and so, um, the only question I think that's worthy of considering is how do we treat others um, and, and how, how, how are we to act towards them? And I think as a, cons as a church, we've been consistent and loving. We have in our, in, in our group those who have come from that sin, acknowledged it, as sin, as wrong, turned from it, or I should say turned and are turning from it. That's a good thing. Praise God for that. We have embraced and accepted individuals who do such a thing, and we will not embrace individuals who do not turn from sin because God does not, regardless of what that sin is. We need to be consistent in that. Now, there's a question about David's sin in there, that David was involved in sexual sin. And um, kind of an insinuation is that if God accepted David who had sin in his life should we not be okay with others who have sin in their life and accept them on the same standard that David was accepted answer is no <coughs> no we do not accept sin because God does not accept sin you have to ask God how he dealt with David, and I would just simply say God is gracious with us today. Um, that there is sin that is blatant in our society, the sin that's blatant uh, across churches in such a way that I'm surprised that God allows us to stand. Um, but that does not justify having an attitude of acceptance of sin. Um, I think it's, it's a good thought to say we can accept persons, people, and treat them with dignity as human beings without accepting sin. We can do that. In fact, we must do that. Um, and I think, so that's the question of how do we do that? Um, and so um, we, we, um, we need to be clear on what the Bible says. There are several arguments that people make about uh, homosexuality <coughs> being accepted on a biblical basis. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't know. I have very little patience with those arguments. They, they don't add up to much. It, it really is an ignorance over the Old Testament, ignorance <coughs> over the New Testament. They say Jesus never said anything against homosexuality. They try to use John chapter 9 of Jesus, is it 9 or 8? Jesus accepting the woman who was caught in adultery. Um, 
But no, their arguments do not stand. Jesus said to that woman, go and sin no more. He didn't say what you were doing was all right and just continue doing it. He said, no, that was sin. That was wrong. Go and sin no more. So <coughs> I don't think um, those, those here tonight or those in our church have those kind of arguments. But um, I will be glad to discuss biblically um, why they don't stand. Um, but uh, so, you know, th those are our kind of questions. I'll read the question again, and then we'll take some, some uh, remarks or discussion on that. My cousin is gay. Can you be gay and still be a good Christian? He seems like a good person who loves his partner. I don't see why his relationship is not accepted by the church when God accepted David, who had multiple wives. Isn't that a sexual sin as well? Why can't we love and accept Christians from the LGBT movement? All right. Discussion, questions, follow-up. Now, all of us have interacted with some. Most of us have family members um, who um, um, who practice homosexuality in some way. And some of us have family members who either practice sexual immorality or specifically homosexuality, and claim to be Christians. So we've all dealt with that type of thing. What have you, what's your experience, and what are some of the challenges that you face? Good. Thanks for that, that, that insight. Just the practical experience. Michelle. Serious um, attack from Satan. Because what he wants to do is, is attack believers and, and biblical thought. And we've seen it in our country. We see it developing all the time. And so we are now looked at as being hateful. Um, society is trying to redefine, and so I use the word sin today. The Bible is clear about what sin is um, and calling sin, sin. As a society, we're trying to redefine that and not allow that to be said. People want to say, are well, you a Christian? Then you believe homosexuality is a sin and as you know they're trying to push you in a corner with that and I say yes yes it is a sin yes it is wrong it is against God God does not uh, um, go along with that and I will not go along with that and keeping in mind it's a behavior and um, not a person um, it is a behavior that that they want us to okay. And so the Bible doesn't okay it in, in, in any way, and uh, we won't. I'll take Chantel and then Mickey after that. Right, right. Can I speak to that point of, is as if they are saying homosexuality and the, the biblical um, charge against it is an Old Testament issue. It is not. 
it is not simply an Old Testament issue. Um, it is clearly one of New Testament as well. And I use John, remember John chapter 8. Let me just turn there quickly. Um, the woman that was caught in adultery. That's John chapter 8. Um, so they tried to, the Pharisees tried to push Jesus in a corner and force his hand on the issue. And again, he said what she had done was sin. And it was wrong. So it's not just the Old Testament issue. Um, Hebrews 13.4 talks about marriage. Now, they'll try to say, well, if we can make this a marriage, then it's okay by biblical standards. No. <laughs> marriage is clearly defined, Old Testament and New Testament, as man and wife. <coughs> one man, one woman um, before God. And so um, that, that argument is really a very silly biblical silly argument and, and we need to challenge people on that um, but I think what you said as well uh, is there's an unwillingness to submit to God and, and it's a, there's this attempt to pull a curtain and say God you know stay out of my private life and, and God John 4 24 let us worship him in spirit and in truth um, there's so much that just really addresses that, that heart issue of rebellion. God, you don't tell me what to do. We need to ask a person, is this really a matter you're convinced scripturally? Or if I could show you scripturally, uh, would you right now bow down, confess it as sin, and turn to God? Um, get the response to that person. <laughs> You'll see where their heart really is. Because any of us who say, if you control a sin to me, then I will humbly say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've sinned, and I need to turn from it. Uh, Mickey first, and then we'll go over here. Okay. And eventually, you're going to get to that point of, I don't really care what it says. But we, 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 we sometimes need to get them to that point. And we, sometimes we have to take different, um, um, different approaches with them. One is... Uh, reveal their own pride and their own stubbornness and their rebellion against God. Other way of doing that is break down scripturally so that they stop saying scripture does not say this. Uh, Donna? We, we see Satan's net. We see it. We see this is not an isolated issue. This is woven in with all his attack and what he's trying to do. And so in that way, it shouldn't be new to us. And in that way, it shouldn't overwhelm us. Uh, we recognize it for what it is. Chantel, and we'll take one more. That's why words matter. When I do a funeral, words matter. And we do a wedding. We had a wedding yesterday. And I was not satisfied that the person talked about two people loving each other. That's not the standard. Two people loving each other. The standard is male, female. This is an act before God. 
Man did not institute marriage or the sexual relationship. God did. And so we, we need to take back <laughs> what, what, is, what is God's and, and, and acknowledge and recognize that and speak to others. Michelle and then Jacqueline. I'm going to take Jacqueline's response, and then I'm going to have one closing. Uh, con oh, you got one more? You got Okay, go ahead, Jacqueline. It's placed there even though they don't really know what it's about. And what happens is at a young age, um, they're trying to find out what it means to be a boy, to be a girl, to be a man, to be a woman. And since that is all jumbled and, and mixed and confused in our society, they're going to share and mirror that confusion. But it's a natural thing for boys to try to figure out what it means to be a boy. And girls to figure out what, I remember being in the third grade, boys didn't like girls and girls didn't like boys. And now we're to, that's natural. Now they're trying to say that's because you like boys. And when you're in third grade, eight years old, nine years old, you don't understand what that like, how that like is different from a mature sexual desire. They don't know what sexual desire is um, in, in its fullest way. So we as parents have to set boundaries. We have to define terms. We have to talk clearly with them in language that they understand. Um, and, and we have to keep, keep in front of those issues because Satan is trying to twist everything around. Brian, we have a comment. And, and Patty, did you have a comment too? Okay. <laughs> the closing comment I was going to make was in regards to that. How, how should we be as a church in response to the world around us. We talked earlier about how we can be compassionate and, and kind and yet standing on God's word. But there's another thing is we need to, we need to live as examples um, in our area of life. Michelle was talking about in her testimony of, of 13 year anniversary, how people respond to that. Um, because we live in a society that does not honor the marriage and the marriage relationship. We need to live as true to that in our church. The way we are consistent with that is first of all living as an example and not allowing inconsistencies that go unchallenged um, in our church life and in our personal life. That's difficult, but that's where we have to be. Um, I thank God for that. I've been a pastor, you know, for over 25 years. I've been charged with, um, you know, attacking people because uh, we have been strong on discipline. Um, I haven't had things that I had to apologize for yet or felt a need to apologize for because of that. Um, so we will continue to be, be strong. I try to live as an example myself. One of our problems as a church, not, not Sweet Communion, but the church um, worldwide is we've been very inconsistent. There is so much blatant sin going on that people see that they have very little respect for the church, um, for believers worldwide. And so, um, I mean, we can call out the stuff that we've seen in our own city, um, in the, uh, um, the Brook churches that we've seen recently in, in some of the 
some of the nonsense that's been going on there, uh, as well as some stuff we've known about in some of the local churches that's been going on for years where this pastor has been just playing around and cheating around and, and things like that. We see that, and, and that is what opens the door for the nonsense that we go on. So what can we do as a church? One is we can, we can stand right, we can live right, and encourage one another when we take those kinds of stands. Uh, it can be a lonely world when you take a, a stand of discipline. Um, I, I have people today who have left this church. I still don't know why they left um, because they've never talked with me and identified, I want to say, what did I do wrong? And, and the one issue was a sexual sin that we dealt with. Um, so that, that is still one. Support what your church stands for and, and live it out in your own life. Um, if, if, if I'm addressing something in the right way with a wrong attitude, you're free to, 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 to bring that to me. And let's want to do it in the right way. But let's stand on the word of God, not only in what we say, but in how we live and be consistent in that. Jesus had the same challenge in his society. We have that today. So we want to stand. I want to thank you for your questions. So we'll, we'll come back to some of the rest of them. But they really help us see um, how we face the challenges that, that we live in today. So let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you. You have called us in ministry at a time as this. Um, and uh, not only is it difficult, it'd be impossible without your Holy Spirit guiding us, protecting us, empowering us. So we pray this week as we interact with family, as we interact with friends, as we interact with fellow employees and the such, that uh, you help us have a testimony in our life and by our lips. For Christ's sake, amen.